Book One, Chapter Two, Part One, of A Voyage Towards the South Pole and Round the World, Volume One by James Cook. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts. Chapter Two, Departure from the Cape of Good Hope, in Search of a Southern Continent, seventeen seventy-two, November. Having at length finished my business at the Cape, and taken leave of the Governor and some others of the chief officers, who, with very obliging readiness, had given me all the assistance I could desire, on the 22nd of November we repaired on board, and at three o'clock in the afternoon weighed, and came to sail with the wind at north by west. As soon as the anchor was up, we saluted the port with fifteen guns, which was immediately returned, and after making a few trips, got out of the bay by seven o'clock, at which time the town bore southeast, distant four miles. After this we stood to the westward all night, in order to get clear of the land, having the wind at north-northwest and northwest, blowing in squalls attended with rain, which obliged us to reef our topsails. The sea was again illuminated for some time, in the same manner as it was the night before we arrived in Table Bay. Having got clear of the land, I directed my course for Cape Circumcision. The wind continued at northwest a moderate gale until the twenty-fourth, when it veered round to the eastward. On the noon of this day we were in the latitude of thirty-five degrees twenty-five minutes south, and twenty-nine minutes west of the Cape, and had abundance of albatrosses about us several of which were caught with hook and line, and were very well relished by many of the people, notwithstanding they were at this time served with fresh mutton. Judging that we should soon come into cold weather, I ordered slops to be served to such as were in want, and gave each man the fear-naught jacket and trousers allowed them by the Admiralty. 1772 December the wind continued easterly for two days and blew a moderate gale, which brought us into the latitude of thirty-nine degrees four minutes, and two degrees of longitude west of the Cape. Thermometer fifty-two and a half. The wind now came to west and southwest, and on the twenty-ninth fixed at west-northwest, and increased to a storm, which continued with some few intervals of moderate weather, till the sixth of December when we were in the latitude of forty-eight degrees forty-one minutes south, and longitude eighteen degrees twenty-four minutes east. This gale, which was attended with rain and hail, blew at times with such violence that we could carry no sails, by which means we were driven far to the eastward of our intended course, and no hopes were left me of reaching Cape Circumcision. But the greatest misfortune that attended us was the loss of a great part of our livestock, which we had brought from the Cape, and which consisted of sheep, hogs, and geese. Indeed, this sudden transition from warm, mild weather to extreme cold and wet made every man in the ship feel its effects, for by this time the mercury in the thermometer had fallen to thirty-eight whereas at the Cape it was generally at sixty-seven and upwards. I now made some addition to the people's allowance of spirit, by giving them a dram whenever I thought it necessary, 
and ordered Captain Furneaux to do the same. The night proved clear and serene, and the only one that was so since we left the Cape, and the next morning the rising sun gave us such flattering hopes of a fine day that we were induced to let all the reefs out of the topsails, and to get topgallant yards across, in order to make the most of a fresh gale at north. Our hopes, however, soon vanished, for before eight o'clock the serenity of the sky was changed into a thick haze accompanied with rain. The gale increasing obliged us to hand the mainsail, close reef our topsails, and to strike topgallant yards. The barometer at this time was unusually low, which foreboded an approaching storm, and this happened accordingly. For, by one o'clock p.m., the wind, which was at northwest, blew with such strength as obliged us to take in all our sails, to strike topgallant masts, and to get the spirit sail yard in, and I thought proper to wear and lie to, under a mizzen staysail, with the ship's heads to the northeast, as they would bow the sea, which ran prodigiously high, better on this tack. At eight o'clock next morning, being the eighth, we wore and lay on the other tack. The gale was a little abated, but the sea ran too high to make sail, any more than the fore topmast staysail. In the evening, being in the latitude of forty-nine degrees forty minutes south, and one and a half degrees east of the Cape, we saw two penguins and some sea or rockweed, which occasioned us to sound, without finding ground at one hundred fathoms. At eight p.m. we wore, and lay with our heads to the northeast till three in the morning of the ninth, then wore again to the southward, the wind blowing in squalls accompanied with showers of snow. At eight, being something more moderate, I made the adventure signal to make sail, and soon after made sail ourselves under the courses and close-reefed topsails. In the evening took in the topsails and mainsail, and brought to under foresail and mizzen, thermometer at thirty-six degrees. The wind still at north-west blew a fresh gale, accompanied with a very high sea. In the night we had a pretty smart frost with snow. In the morning of the tenth we made sail under courses and topsails close-reefed, and made the signal for the adventure to make sail and lead. At eight o'clock saw an island of ice to the westward of us, being then in the latitude of fifty-six degrees forty minutes south, and longitude two degrees zero minutes east of the Cape of Good Hope. Soon after the wind moderated, and we let all the reefs out of the topsails, got the spirit sail yard out, and topgallant mast up. The weather coming hazy, I called the adventure by signal under my stern, which was no sooner done than the haze increased so much with snow and sleet, that we did not see an island of ice which we were steering directly for, till we were less than a mile from it. I judged it to be about fifty feet high, and half a mile in circuit. It was flat on top, and its size rose in a perpendicular direction, against which the seas broke exceedingly high. Captain Furneaux at first took this ice for land, and hauled off from it, until called back by signal. As the weather was foggy, 
it was necessary to proceed with caution. We therefore reefed our topsails, and at the same time sounded, but found no ground with a hundred and fifty fathoms. We kept on with, to the southward, with the wind at north till night, which we spent in making short trips, first one way and then another, under an easy sail. Thermometer these twenty-four hours from thirty-six and a half to thirty-one. At daylight in the morning of the eleventh, we made sail to the southward with the wind at west, having a fresh gale attended with sleet and snow. At noon we were in the latitude of fifty-one degrees fifty minutes south, and longitude twenty-one degrees three minutes east, where we saw some white birds about the size of pigeons, with blackish bills and feet. I never saw any such before, and Mr. Forster had no knowledge of them. I believe them to be of the petrel tribe, and natives of these icy seas. At this time we passed between two ice islands, which lay at a little distance from each other. In the night the wind veered to north-west, which enabled us to see a south-west. On the twelfth we had still thick hazy weather, with sleet and snow, so that we were obliged to proceed with great caution on account of the ice islands. Six of these we passed this day, some of them near two miles in circuit and sixty feet high. And yet such was the force and height of the waves that the sea broke quite over them. This exhibited a view which for a few moments was pleasing to the eye, but when we reflected on the danger the mind was filled with horror. For were a ship to get against the weather side of one of these islands, when the sea runs high, she would be dashed to pieces in a moment. Upon our getting among the ice islands, the albatrosses left us, that is, we saw but one now and then. Nor did our other companions, the pintadoes, sheer waters, small grey birds, fulmars, etc., appear in such numbers. On the other hand, penguins began to make their appearance. Two of these birds were seen to-day. The wind in the night veered to west, and at last fixed at southwest. a fresh gale with sleet and snow, which froze on our sails and rigging as it fell, so that they were all hung with icicles. We kept on to the southward, passed no less than eighteen ice islands, and saw more penguins. At noon on the 13th, we were in the latitude of 54 degrees south, which is the latitude of Cape Circumcision, discovered by Monsieur Bouvet in 1739, but we were 10 degrees of longitude east of it, that is near 118 leagues in this latitude. We stood on to the south-south-east till 8 o'clock in the evening, the weather still continuing thick and hazy, with sleet and snow. From noon till this time, twenty ice islands, of various extent, both for height and circuit, presented themselves to our view. At eight o'clock we sounded, but found no ground with a hundred and fifty fathom of line. We now tacked and made a trip to the northward till midnight, when we stood again to the southward, and at half an hour past six in the morning of the fourteenth, we were stopped by an immense field of low ice, to which we could see no end, either to the east, west, or south. 
in different parts of this field were islands or hills of ice, like those we found floating in the sea, and some on board thought they saw land also over the ice, bearing southwest by south. I even thought so myself, but changed my opinion upon more narrowly examining these ice hills, and the various appearances they made when seen through the haze for at this time it was both hazy and cloudy in the horizon, so that a distant object could not be seen distinct. Being now in the latitude of fifty-four degrees fifty minutes south, and longitude twenty-one degrees thirty-four minutes east, and having the wind at north-west, we bore away along the edge of the ice, steering south-south-east and south-east, according to the direction of the north side of it, where we saw many whales, penguins, some white birds, pindados, etc. At eight o'clock we brought to under a point of the ice, where we had smooth water, and I sent on board for Captain Furneaux. After we had fixed on rendezvous, in case of separation, and some other matters for the better keeping company, he returned on board, and we made sail again along the ice. Some pieces we took up alongside, which yielded fresh water. At noon we had a good observation, and found ourselves in latitude fifty-four degrees fifty-five minutes south. We continued a south-east course along the edge of the ice till one o'clock, when we came to a point round which we hauled south-south-west, the sea appearing to be clear of ice in that direction. But after running four leagues upon this course, with the ice on our starboard side, we found ourselves quite embayed, the ice extending from north-north-east, round by the west and south to east, in one compact body. The weather was indifferently clear, and yet we could see no end to it. At five o'clock we hauled up east, wind at north, a gentle gale, in order to clear the ice. The extreme east point of it at eight o'clock bore east by south, over which appeared a clear sea. We, however, spent the night in making short boards under an easy sail, thermometer these twenty-four hours, from thirty-two to thirty. Next day, the fifteenth, we had the wind at north-west, a small gale, thick foggy weather with much snow, thermometer from thirty-two to twenty-seven, so that our sails and rigging were all hung with icicles. The fog was so thick at times that we could not see the length of the ship, and we had much difficulty to avoid the many islands of ice that surrounded us. About noon, having but little wind, we hoisted out a boat to try the current, which we found set southeast near three-quarters of a mile an hour. At the same time a thermometer which in the open air was at thirty-two degrees, in the surface of the sea was at thirty degrees, and after being emerged one hundred fathoms deep for about fifteen to or twenty minutes, came up at thirty-four degrees, which is only two degrees above freezing. Our latitude at this time was fifty-five degrees eight minutes. The thick fog continued till two o'clock in the afternoon of the next day, when it cleared away a little, and we made sail to the southward, wind still at north-west, a gentle gale. 
we had not run long to the southward before we fell in with a main field of ice extending from south-southwest to east we now bore away to east along the edge of it but at night hauled off north with the wind at west-northwest a gentle gale attended with snow at four in the morning on the seventeenth stood again to the south but was again obliged to bear up on account of the ice along the side of which we steered betwixt east and south-south-west hauling into every bay or opening in hopes of finding a passage to the south but we found everywhere the ice closed we had a gentle gale at north-west with showers of snow at noon we were by observation in the latitude of fifty-five degrees sixteen minutes south in the evening the weather was clear and serene in the course of this day we saw many whales one seal penguins some of the white birds another sort of petrel which is brown and white and not much unlike a pintado and some other sorts already known we found the skirts of the loose ice to be more broken than usual and it extended some distance beyond the main field insomuch that we sailed amongst it the most part of the day and the high ice islands without us were innumerable at eight o'clock we sounded but found no ground with two hundred and fifty fathoms of line after this we hauled close upon a wind to the northward as we could see the field of ice extend as far as northeast but this happened not to be the northern point for at eleven o'clock we were obliged to tack to avoid it at two o'clock the next morning we stood again to the northward with the wind at north-west by west thinking to weather the ice upon this tack on which we stood but two hours before we found ourselves quite embayed being then in latitude fifty-five degrees eight minutes longitude twenty-four degrees three minutes the wind veering more to the north we tacked and stood to the westward under all the sail we could carry having a fresh breeze and clear weather which last was of short duration for at six o'clock it became hazy and soon after there was thick fog the wind veered to the northeast freshened and brought with it snow and sleet which froze on the rigging as it fell we were now enabled to get clear of the field of ice but at the same time we were carried in amongst the ice islands in a manner equally dangerous and which with much difficulty we kept clear of dangerous as it is to sail among these floating rocks if i may be allowed to call them so in a thick fog this however is preferable to being entangled with immense fields of ice under the same circumstances the great danger to be apprehended in the latter case is the getting fast in the ice a situation which would be extremely alarming i had two men on board that had been in the greenland trade the one of them in a ship that lay nine weeks and the other in one that lay six weeks fast in this kind of ice which they called packed ice what they called field ice is thicker and the whole field be it ever so large consists of one piece whereas this which i call field ice from its immense extent consists of many pieces of various sizes 
both in thickness and surface, from thirty or forty feet square to three or four, packed close together, and in places heaped one upon another. This, I am of opinion, would be found too hard for a ship's side, that is not properly armed against it. How long it may have lain, or will lie here, is a point not easily determined. Such ice is found in the Greenland seas all the summer long, and I think it cannot be colder there in the summer than it is here. Be this as it may, we certainly had no thaw. On the contrary, the mercury in Fahrenheit's thermometer kept generally below the freezing point, although it was the middle of summer. It is a general opinion that the ice I have been speaking of is formed in bays and rivers. Under this supposition we were led to believe that land was not far distant, and that it even lay to the southward behind the ice, which alone hindered us from approaching to it. Therefore, as we had now sailed above thirty leagues along the edge of the ice, without finding a passage to the south, I determined to run thirty or forty leagues to the east, afterwards endeavour to get to the southward, and if I met with no land or other impediment, to get behind the ice, and put the matter out of all manner of dispute. With this view we kept standing to the north-west, with a wind at north-east and north, thick foggy weather, with sleet and snow, till six in the evening, when the wind veered to north-west, and we tacked and stood to the eastward, meeting with many islands of ice of different magnitudes and some loose pieces. The thermometer from thirty to thirty-four, weather very hazy with sleet and snow, and more sensibly colder than the thermometer seemed to point out, insomuch that the whole crew complained. In order to enable them to support this weather the better, I caused the sleeves of their jackets, which were so short as to expose their arms, to be lengthened with bays, and had a cap made for each man of the same stuff, together with canvas, which proved of great service to them. Some of our people appearing to have symptoms of the scurvy, the surgeons began to give them fresh wort every day made from the malt we had on board for that purpose. One man in particular was highly scorbutic, and yet he had been taking the rob of lemon and orange for some time, without being benefited thereby. On the other hand, Captain Furneaux told me that he had two men who, though far gone in this disease, were now in a manner entirely cured by it. We continued standing to the eastward till eight o'clock in the morning of the twenty-first, when being in the latitude of fifty-three degrees fifty minutes, and longitude twenty-nine degrees twenty-four minutes east, we hauled to the south, with a wind at west, a fresh gale and hazy with snow. In the evening the wind fell and the weather cleared up, so as that we could see a few leagues round us, being in the latitude of fifty-four degrees forty-three minutes south longitude twenty-nine degrees thirty minutes east. At ten o'clock, seeing many islands of ice ahead, and the weather coming on foggy with snow, we wore and stood to the northward till three in the morning, when we stood again to the south. At eight the weather cleared up, and the wind came to west-south-west, with which we made all the sail we could to the south, having never less than 
ten or twelve islands of ice in sight. Next day we had the wind at south-west and south-south-west, a gentle gale, with now and then showers of snow and hail. In the morning, being in the latitude of fifty-five degrees twenty minutes south, and longitude thirty-one degrees thirty minutes east, we hoisted out a boat to see if there was any current, but found none. Mr. Forster, who went in the boat, shot some of the small grey birds before mentioned, which were of the petrel tribe, and about the size of a small pigeon. Their back and upper side of their wings, their feet and bills, are of a blue-grey colour. Their bellies and underside of their wings are white, a little tinged with blue. The upper side of their quill feathers is a dark blue tinged with black. A streak is formed by feathers nearly of this colour, along the upper parts of the wings, and crossing the back a little above the tail. The end of the tail feathers is also of the same colour. Their bills are much broader than any I have seen of the same tribe, and their tongues are remarkably broad. These blue petrels, as I shall call them, are seen nowhere but in the southern hemisphere, from about the latitude of twenty-eight degrees and upwards. Thermometer at thirty-three degrees in the open air, and thirty-two degrees in the sea at the surface, and at thirty-four and a half when drawn, and six and a half minutes in drawing up from one hundred fathoms below it, where it had been sixteen minutes. On the twenty-fourth the wind blew from north-west to north-east a gentle gale, fair and cloudy. At noon we were by observation in the latitude of fifty-six degrees thirty-one minutes south, and longitude thirty-one degrees nineteen minutes east, the thermometer at thirty-five. And being near an island of ice, which was about fifty feet high, and four hundred fathoms in circuit, I sent the master in the jolly-boat to see if any water ran from it. He soon returned with an account that there was not one drop or any other appearance of thaw. In the evening we sailed through several floats, or fields of loose ice, lying in the direction of south-east and north-west. At the same time we had continually several islands of the same composition in sight. On the twenty-fifth, the wind veering round from the north-east to the east by south, it blew a gentle gale, with which we stood the west-south-west, and at noon, were in the latitude of fifty-seven degrees fifty minutes south, and longitude twenty-nine degrees thirty-two minutes east. The weather was fair and cloudy, the air sharp and cold, attended with a hard frost. And although this was the middle of summer with us, I much question if the day was cold in any part of England. The wind continued at south, blew a fresh gale, fair and cloudy weather till near noon the next day, when we had clear sunshine, and found ourselves by observation, in the latitude of fifty-eight degrees thirty-one minutes south, longitude twenty-six degrees fifty-seven minutes east. In the course of the last twenty-four hours, we passed through several fields of broken loose ice. They were in general narrow, but of a considerable length, in the direction of north-west and south-east. The ice was so close in one, that it would hardly admit the ship through it. The pieces were flat, from four to six or eight inches thick, and appeared of that sort of ice, which is generally formed in bays or rivers. 
Others again were different, the pieces forming various honeycombed branches, exactly like coral rocks, and exhibiting such a variety of figures as can hardly be conceived. We supposed this ice to have broke from the main field we had lately left, and which I was determined to get to the south of, or behind if possible, in order to satisfy myself whether or not it joined to any land, as had been conjectured. With this view I kept on to the westward, with a gentle gale at south and south-southwest, and soon after six o'clock in the evening we saw some penguins, which occasioned us to sound, but we found no ground with a hundred and fifty fathoms. In the morning of the twenty-seventh we saw more loose ice, but not many islands, and those we did see were but small. The day being calm and pleasant, and the sea smooth, we hoisted out a boat, from which Mr. Forster shot a penguin and some petrels. These penguins differ not from those seen in other parts of the world, except in some minute particulars distinguishable only by naturalists. Some of the petrels were of the blue sort, but differed from those before mentioned in not having a broad bill, and the ends of their tail-feathers were tipped with white instead of dark blue. But whether these were only the distinctions betwixt the male and female was a matter disputed by naturalists. We were now in the latitude of 58 degrees 19 minutes south, longitude 24 degrees 39 minutes east, and took the opportunity of the calm to sound, but found no ground with a line of 220 fathoms. The calm continued until six in the evening, when it was succeeded by a light breeze from the east, which afterwards increased to a fresh gale. In the morning of the twenty-eighth I made the signal to the adventure to spread four miles on my starboard beam, and in this position we continued sailing west-south-west till four o'clock in the afternoon, when the hazy weather, attended with snow-showers, made it necessary for us to join. Soon after we reefed our topsails, being surrounded on all sides with islands of ice. In the morning of the twenty-ninth we let them out again and set topgallant sails, still continuing our course to the westward and meeting with several penguins. At noon we were by observation in the latitude of fifty-nine degrees twelve minutes, longitude nineteen degrees one minute east, which is three degrees more to the west than we were when we first fell in with the field of ice, so that it is pretty clear that it joined to no land, as we conjectured. Having come to a resolution to run as far west as the meridian of Cape Circumcision, provided we met with no impediment, as the distance was not more than eighty leagues, the wind favourable, and the sea seemed to be pretty clear of ice, I sent on board for Captain Furneaux to make him acquainted therewith, and after dinner he returned to his ship. At one o'clock we steered for an island of ice, thinking if there were any loose ice round it, to take some on board and convert it into fresh water. At four we brought two, close under the lee of the island, where we did not find what we wanted, but saw upon it eighty-six penguins. This piece of ice was about half a mile in circuit, 
and one hundred feet high and upwards, for we lay for some minutes with every sail becalmed under it. The side on which the penguins were rose sloping from the sea, so as to admit them to creep up it. It is a received opinion that penguins never go far from land, and that the sight of them is a sure indication of its vicinity. The opinion may hold good where there are no ice islands, but where such are, these birds, as well as many others which usually keep near the shores, finding a roosting place upon these islands, may be brought by them a great distance from any land. It will, however, be said that they must go on shore to breed, that probably the females were there, and that these were only the males which we saw. Be that as it may, I shall continue to take notice of these birds whenever we see them, and leave every one to judge for himself. We continued our course to the westward, with a gentle gale at east-north-east, the weather being sometimes tolerably clear, and at other times thick and hazy with snow. The thermometer for a few days past was from thirty-one to thirty-six. At nine o'clock the next morning, being the thirtieth, we shot one of the white birds, upon which we lowered a boat into the water to take it up, and by that means killed a penguin, which weighed eleven pounds and a half. The white bird was of the petrel tribe. The bill, which is rather short, is of a colour between black and dark blue, and their legs and feet are blue. I believe them to be the same sort of birds that Bouvet mentions to have seen when he was off Cape Circumcision. We continued our westerly course till eight o'clock in the evening, when we steered northwest, the point on which I reckon the above-mentioned Cape to bear. At midnight we fell in with loose ice, which soon after obliged us to tack, and stretched to the southward. At half an hour past two o'clock in the morning of the thirty-first, we stood for it again, thinking to take some on board, but this was found impracticable. For the wind, which had been at northeast, now veered to southeast, and increasing to a fresh gale, brought with it such a sea as made it very dangerous for the ships to remain among the ice. The danger was yet farther increased by discovering an immense field to the north, extending from northeast by east to southwest by west, farther than the eye could reach. As we were not above two or three miles from this, and surrounded by loose ice, there was no time to deliberate. We presently wore, got our tacks on board, all to the south and soon got clear, but not before we had received several hard knocks from the loose pieces, which were of the largest sort, and among which we saw a seal. In the afternoon the wind increased in such a manner as to oblige us to hand the topsails and strike topgallant yards. At eight o'clock we tacked and stood to the east, till midnight, when being in the latitude of sixty degrees twenty-one minutes south, longitude thirteen degrees thirty-two minutes east, we stood again to the west. End of Book One, Chapter Two, Part One